0: Hi folks, this is Adrienne A. Wallace and you've reached me in the life room. Thank you for joining. Today I'd like to talk a little bit about or maybe quite a bit about digital. Um, I'd like to talk about digital because um, everyone uses digital as a predominant buzzword, particularly in the space of marketing. And oftentimes for um, the Average and even not so average individual in business and in, <clears throat> in mass society, the term digital is a term that oftentimes um, is added to marketing and social media as specific disciplines and forums uh, to which it applies. But um, digital goes much deeper, and the story around digital needs to be clear. One of the predominant questions that I get um, from consulting as well as from um, folks that I actually work with that, give, that I provide direction on digital strategy to is, what exactly is digital? Do we need it? Do we need to be doing digital marketing? Do we need to engage in digital marketing? Do we need to hire an agency, et cetera? And I have to say that um, digital is actually at this stage, no longer a new buzzword. It is the way that we operate. It is the way that we connect to each other. It is the way that companies connect to their customers and to their suppliers. So digital is no longer a term to describe the technology, or the unique platforms of online or social media. It is actually a way of being, and in the sense of a business, digital is and really does define the business model. So companies that were not born digital, so companies that are not and Amazon, companies that are not a Facebook, companies that are not a Twitter or a Yahoo. These are companies that need to look and figure out what their connectivity to those platforms and those businesses are, how their consumers interact in those platforms and predominantly online, and then based on that, those companies need to create a set of standards. <clears throat> they need to um, nurture people inside the business as employees and ambassadors and influencers for their business, their services, and their brands that are going to evangelize the company use and its services by using digital platforms. Um, digital is the way. That we communicate and digital is the way the business models for new businesses and younger businesses now need to be crafted with that in mind, with a way of being that is pure digital in mind. Companies are able, by virtue of having a strong digital. Model, business model, they're able to tap into peer-to-peer networks and they're able to authenticate in more real time the things that are happening with their products, their services, and their customers and really develop a long tail of success. They're able to monitor and evaluate their competitors and other companies that are operating in the same space and or industry that they're operating in. And by virtue of that set critical benchmarks for success and create centers of excellence based on being engaged in a very high way in terms of its digital propensity. Now, what does being in the digital space require being in the digital space requires um, commitment first and foremost, so if you have a business large or small, whoever owns or manages that business chairs that business, gives direction and insights and advises about the way and means that that business should go, that management and that management culture needs to really say that part of the DNA of that organization is digital. They need to endorse and manage to the digital DNA. What that means is is that everyone that touches the business, particularly those people who are in customer or client services, those people who are in marketing or PR, those people who are in operations, and predominantly those people in sales, Those folks need to understand what the brand's promise to its consumers and its clients happens to be. And if those folks are engaged in social networks, if they're engaged on digital platforms and they're representing themselves as belonging to or a part of that company, those folks need to be aligned with what the underlying brand mission is and what the overarching digital DNA of the company is. The answer is what is the brand mission and is everyone connected to that brand digitally and on social media? Are they connected to that brand in a way that holds high the values of that brand? When you evaluate entities like Twitter or Facebook or um, Pinterest or Instagram, you will see that people who belong to specific companies, especially companies that are highly socially propelled and very popular, that those people sometimes will have qualifiers about what it is that they're posting and they will have disclaimers oftentimes about what it is they're posting. Sometimes it's as simple as saying, the opinions are not off my employer, they are my own. Or when they don't have those disclaimers, you'll often see them helping to thread the connective tissue between themselves and peers in the particular industry in which they operate. Um, Peer-to-peer networks are really, really important, um, and another really important thing is that understanding that belonging to these peer networks digitally helps to increase the currency and the exchange um, within the industry and between consumers. Now, folks have the right to live offline. And one of the predominant concerns that people have when they're interacting online and companies when they're interacting online is privacy. So being very clear about the content that is put out there, understanding that nothing is truly private, understanding that there are algorithms and data being collected in order to serve folks very well on digital platforms, and that is the way of the world, Understanding that is critical to making decisions about what it is, what type of content you put online. It's also important to decide who is it that you're going to connect to online, who is it that you're going to repurpose their content, share their content, what are they connected to are they living on digital platforms or do they does their brand exist on digital platforms that are aligned with your social values the social values of your company and does it align with the culture and the messaging that you're looking to put out there so preserving privacy honoring your content all of these things are high consideration when looking at creating and developing a company in the new digital frontier. Then again, when I say new digital frontier, I actually think that the digital frontier is not that new anymore. There has been a bit of a a Darwinism happening in the digital frontier for a number of years, and there's a lot of future hope in the online and digital space. Again, it's not just about the technology, it's about the business model. Now. When we look at companies coming into the foray, what we're realizing is that companies, all companies, have to be digital. Why? Because all consumers have a tendency to engage in a digital manner. Be it going out to a website to find out where they can find a product or service, or servicer as the case may be be it talking about their experience with a particular service, a particular brand, or a particular product online in various forums, and most popular now, using video to capture their brand experiences and their lifestyle experiences, and notating via a hashtag oftentimes where that brand experience is coming from, who is delivering that brand experience. This is the norm. It's not an exception to the rule. It's the new DNA for digital. And digital does a lot of things, but more than anything else, it transforms um, the operational efficiencies and the internal practices within companies because the noise from consumer, potential consumers, and loyalists, as well as employees and suppliers, is consistent around your brand and business by virtue of belonging to the digital frontier. So creating a culture and a DNA that understands that digital is the all-transforming element and setting standards and benchmarks of how it is that folks are going to engage in digital when they belong to your business is critical. Looking at businesses and saying that the business models are all digital is probably a bold statement coming from me, but I want to share where that comes from for me. When I look back at the obvious, when we think digital, I think a lot of things that pop in our heads are things like the Apple iPhone, um, competition between Apple and Samsung as to who provides the best device. We obviously think about Google as our major search engine. We think about Facebook. We think about Instagram. We think about Twitter. And we even remember MySpace The truth of the matter is, is that understanding how all of these entities are connected and appreciating the speed to market of all of these companies is critical. It's job one. These companies are all digital companies, and what it says is that all companies are coming to existence in a quicker fashion, they're going public in a quicker fashion than companies ever had. And all companies exist around these platforms and exist around these companies. And all of these companies have a tendency to, tendency to be dependent on the services, on the, the, the consumers that are available through these entities. There's very few companies that will tell you that they don't have an existence on Facebook. Whether or not they're doing it right, that's a whole other question. But Facebook has become a necessary. Twitter has become a necessary. If you offer a product that is social in nature, Instagram and even Pinterest has become a necessary. So at the end of the day, understanding that the models that are being set by digital companies, companies that are born digital, like Google, like Facebook, like Twitter, understanding those models and understanding the connective tissue of those companies is key. Let's take other companies that belong and are greatly dependent on digital and digital business models. Two very popular ones, in fact, AOL, which provides content, entertainment, media, like Huffington Post, for example, and Verizon, huge company that offers mobile phone services, cable and internet services. These two companies have now merged. They have become a conglomerate While their leadership will remain independent and they're not displacing the leaders on either side of the business in the C-suite for Verizon or the C-suite for AOL, please expect that these companies will be looking at each other's business models and looking to adopt best practices. Also, please accept that these companies have the right to exchange data between each other because they are now one entity. So as a consumer, and as someone who's building a business, look at the speed to market, look at the mergers that are happening in terms of the digital space and the propensity that that provides for businesses. Be cautious as an adopter, but do adopt. Understand that if you lag behind, you're going to disappear. This is the case for Kodak in the day of being one of the largest providers of film and even digital cameras, Kodak tended to lag behind and along came other companies and equipment manufacturers that were truly invested in a digital business model, both online and off, and they have been able to cannibalize and in some cases bastardize other brands and other products. So I mentioned digital cameras. Many of us probably have one. I have two. I can't actually recall the last time I used my digital camera because I've got four mobile devices that belong just to me and in my household. And I can use any one of those to capture a picture. And as those devices age, and there are new iterations and new models of those devices, the camera becomes better and better every time. I am actually recording this podcast using a handheld mobile device right now. Am I going to plug which device it is, which company provides that device and service? The answer is no. But obviously, this information is getting to you almost at the speed of light, This sharing is getting to you very quickly because I am digitally and you are digitally engaged. Look at the flashlight. When was the last time you went out to purchase a flashlight? Even a product like the flashlight is being minimized by the existence and the emergence of handheld telephones, mobile phones like the iPhone, like Samsung's Galaxy. They're coming to us when we open the package with a flashlight already built in. Effectively, we have become incredibly dependent on this digital device. It is our one source resource for many, many needs within our lifestyle. How we communicate, how we keep safe, how we transfer information, how we stay in touch. So, when you're crafting a business model and you're thinking digital look at what the very very best companies and the most winning companies are doing the iPhone has probably destroyed and annihilated 27 business models that are out there just by virtue of the integration into one singular product and by virtue of providing its platform for apps so when you're building your business consider what it is you're allowing for. If you're selling food, should you possibly be selling utensils as well? Pots and pans and dishes. Should you be integrated and working on a digital platform and immersed in a digital platform that offers that as well? That is a consideration. We belong to a network economy. Digital and acting in a digital fashion and having high digital efficiency as a business is about understanding what it means to belong to a network economy. How are you using and delivering your content? What technology are you using and delivering? And how are you distributing that? So, it's what, it's how, and it's who. Content technology and distribution. When you're considering digital, Consider those three things. Content, technology, and distribution. Co-innovation, co-invention, co-creation, working in networks, finding yourself immersed in networks and platforms where folks are doing a really good job in the digital space is an ideal. Make it obvious. Evaluate lifestyles and evaluate distribution networks that are really happening and working efficiently because that's where you're going to win in what we consider digital. Now, the environment that every company exists in is different based on what it is that the company does. But it's completely different from what it was, say, 10 years ago. Technologically, it's different because new technologies are impacting all of us in every field and in countless ways. It requires all kinds of adaptation and that adaptation needs to be quick. At the most basic level, the technological innovation that we've seen has caused many new businesses to change the way that they conduct their daily business. For instance, a calculator. Texas Instruments introduced the handheld calculator maybe around the late 1960s, I think it's 1965. And then IBM introduced the first personal computer around 1981. I was alive then. <laughs> I wasn't around when Texas Instruments introduced a calculator. But I will say to you that both of those companies cannot focus solely on offering what they originally offered. I can access a calculator on any one of my handheld mobile devices. And as it relates to a personal computer, not sure that I need that either because my tablet has the ability to function very much like my personal computer. Then in 1973, a scientist that was working on and working for Motorola successfully made the first portable handset. So by 1987, I remember this, my dad had, though I was a little girl and thought it was the weirdest thing, my father had a telephone handset in his Cadillac. Now, at that time, there were probably a million of those in use in the United States. And my daddy was one of the people who had one. He owned his own business. He needed to connect to his suppliers. I'm sure that was the main reason why he used it. He had a Cadillac, which was considered a luxury car. I think it still is. And so it made sense. It made sense to his business life and it made sense to his lifestyle. Now cell phones are the norm. Children have cell phones. I have seen seven-year-olds with cell phones and other mobile devices. They're part of our daily existence, while the older technologies have just simply phased out. In the 1990s, the fax machine was a dominant thing. It was a dominant mode of communication in business. Folks would say, okay, I'll fax that documentation to you. And deals would take longer to close because you're waiting for the fax to come through. Today, it's quickly going away, just like the electric typewriter went away. We use email and other internet forms of communication. They're dominant. So when we are talking about digital, we are not just talking about marketing. We are talking about how a company operates, what they use, who they decide to use in terms of their providers, and how efficient and proficient those companies, those suppliers, and those employees are at the game that is the new way of being how proficient and how good are they at digital? I hope that this was engaging for you, lets you think a little bit deeper about what it is you're doing in your business as it relates to digital. And in the event that you're interested in any consulting or wanna talk further or have comments on digital and where things are going for you and your business and your industry, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can get me via LinkedIn or SoundCloud or Twitter, any one of these digital platforms, just reach out. Thank you so much for sharing time in the life room.